0: How's it going on, people? You are listening to the Odd People Podcast, and I am your host, Matt the Cat. Today is episode number 46, and in this episode, I'll be talking to musician and producer Matt Dumont, also known as DJ Natty Light. I hope you enjoy the show. And to to be honest, this almost didn't happen today, and I hate to even bring it up, but um, you're gonna so bum like, out right now. I'm gonna bum you out right away. That way later we can perfect. We, there's nowhere to go but up.
1: Uh. Yeah. If you, <laughs> but, you need um, to, if you need to not do this, it's cool.
0: Oh no, no, it's cool. Um, so like last Saturday, our niece got married. Okay. So we're on a high, right? Where everybody's good. My my youngest son was in the wedding. It was really cool, really nice.
1: Was he the ring bearer?
0: Yeah, he was okay. one of, yeah. And um, the following morning, I got a text message from a friend that one of my other friends had passed away. And he's been battling cancer for like seven years. So I'm sorry. Yeah, it's not that it's unexpected, but it is like no matter how much.
1: Oh yeah. You prepare Listen.
0: yourself for it, it's yeah, still you know for sure. And he's like a friend of a friend and but it doesn't it really doesn't matter because we hung out all the time. But uh so his funeral was actually today. Of course. So it was like kinda of, of course <laughs> so it's like it's one of those uh one of those weeks that it just it's just been like a roller coaster like with emotions and everything and then No. Then and I was and, having tr- I was having trouble with the end the converting things earlier and I'm like right. I'm like, I don't know if I <laughs> this is all going to happen, but I'm I'm glad I figured that out.
1: Yeah, man. And listen, I get it. Like, you know, you never prepare yourself for anything. So, you know, my dad passed away totally, totally unexpectedly 10 years ago. Oh. Um, you know, I'm not going to dive into it. It's my own thing. But, you know, then it's like you have family you love that you see them just decline for years. It's like, which one do you want? None of them are good. Yeah. You know, yeah, there's no good option, so you just gotta make the best of it. And then it's always like, you know, the things too, especially sure. like when I wasn't living at home, uh, when I was out in Boston, like, you know, my mom would call me and be like, you know, this person that you were very close to passed away. And it's like, well, you know, you haven't thought of that person in so long, but you realize you spent like eight years uh with them bowling in Fairhaven or things like that. It's just like what yeah. and you those are things you can't expect either. So I understand that it's tough and I'm and I'm sorry and again if you want to postpone this for whatever reason. Oh no.
0: <clears throat> no, I won't I, I I guess I was only saying that because I'm kind of ready for anything anything if yeah. at <laughs>
1: yeah. uh, well, I'll see what I can get. You know, I got a trackpad I got a my production book. Um, nice. I got my buddy uh my friend Nick. Uh Nick was in this old ska band we used to play with years ago named 5 Bucks. Um but he uh he was in a new band now called Donnaher. They're great. They're very 90s-influenced Weezer Power Pop. He sent me a, oh, nice. a cassette single, limited edition of his band, which is very nice of him to do. Um, so thank you, Nick, if you're listening. Um, you know, Donaher is great. Everyone should go check them out in New Hampshire Power Pop. They stayed in my apartment when they were on tour uh, up here at the, Glade, the Ginger <laughs> Man. Um, nice. It was a very good time, had by all, for sure.
0: Okay, so, um, mm-hmm. so like, to start off. I'm already out
1: of water we've been doing this for five yeah.
0: minutes it's, it's all right we're gonna get like halfway through and we're both old so we're probably gonna to have to use the restroom if we want to start off by you describing what you do uh to the listeners so they they know who you are and what you're about
1: sure my name's matt i go by Matty light now um people used to call me matt damaged in my older life or whatever they still do um and right now i i produce hip-hop and you know, this is probably going to be controversial, but there's two different sides to it. There's producing beats, which is just composing beats and, and doing whatever and providing them for, for MCs. And then there's actually production, which is, you know, not only producing beats, but working with the artist and really trying to fine tune the song, um, you know, really trying to make it the best it can be. I look at myself as that second one. I do make beats, but I also work with the artists I work with and and really try to dial in, like, what's going to make this song hit? What's going to make this better? Could you do that vocal a little better and, and things of that nature? Um, that's that's what I think. You know, that's kind of what I do now. Before that, I used to play guitar in various um, punk rock bands, um, but that's what I'm doing for the past almost a year. So nice. Who have you worked with recently? Right now, we um, I haven't uh, working on a my first. Well, I'm, I'm working on two full record. Well, full productions at once. Usually, I do a lot of singles. Um, but right now I have two kind of EPs in the works. One with a gentleman named Stankova from Indiana, Fort Wayne. Um, he's great. He's been doing this for like 20 years. Um, the album I think is is going to be cool because he let I call it my art project, if you will. Um, he kind of yeah. let me really run with it a little bit and kind of sprinkle in my influences of like Nine Inch Nails and like Refused, who's a Swedish hardcore band. But they had cool interludes and weird things that you wouldn't expect from a hardcore band. So it's kind of like, how can I put that into a hip hop record? Um, So that's that's coming out sooner than later. It's in the post production phase. It's getting mixed. Um, I also have an EP with um, a gentleman named Tones out of New York. He's a 20 year hip hop vet out of New York. Um, We have an album called Sacred that we're working on. I'm just putting the finishing touches on that. Uh, Before that, I've done a lot of singles um, with with Tones, with uh, Prime Prolific out of New Jersey. I have, I'm in the works with um, doing some songs with this gentleman named hero, the MCs out of Boston, um, trying to get that together. Uh, I did a song with the uh, tragedy Gaddafi, who's a OG rapper from like the nineties. used to go by intelligent hoodlum. Um, you know, that song came out great. Um, it's probably one of my favorite ones I've done. Um, I did a joint with Mr. FP out of New York um, and his hype man, Jay bars, which is an incredible experience. I love both those dudes. Um, and then my man, h 2 ones out of uh, Miami, he not only does hip hop, but he has a radio show, um, WVCC called Scythe Life. Um, he does it every Tuesday and Thursday. He plays a lot of underground hip hop, does a lot for the, the, the scene, does a lot for the culture. I did a song with him called High Standards, that was good. And um, I did a one-off with St. Copa um, that we dropped in March, kind of like a teaser for the record. Um, and that's kind of what I got now in my catalog. Nice. That I can talk about.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> a mystery, if you will.
0: So how does someone go from being a guitarist and punk band? Like, how did, how did you get to that point? Have you always had a love for hip hop? Have you just... Yeah. You're just, you're just an all-around musician, and it's just a choice you made? or
1: So growing up, um, my neighbor was a year older than me. But my neighbor had, a, had an older had an older brother, and around like the early '90s was when like middle school and high school happened for all of us. And uh, yeah, his older brother played football, so he was home late, and we would sneak in his room because he had all the the cool like old <laughs> hip hop tapes. He had like De La Soul and Big Daddy Kane and Public Enemy, and and he also had like Iron Maiden, which I thought looking back on it was very interesting. But yeah. Um, <laughs> But it was just the music at the time, like I, you know, I remember hiding a Guns N' Roses tape from my mom because I didn't want to hear the swears. But I always liked music from a very early age. I remember growing up listening to my parents' Billy Joel records because I used to like the Uptown Girl Harmony and Thriller. Um, My grandfather played organ in church and I thought that was cool. Um, So I got into music very young. I played the trumpet when I was like nine um, up until high school. Um, But to go back to your point, my neighbor's brother had all these cool hip hop tapes. So we had like De La Soul, which at the time was just groundbreakingly weird, so many samples, and Paul's Boutique by the bc Boys, yep. and and like the Public Enemy stuff, the stuff that like you wouldn't really be exposed to because they didn't play it on like ne- MTV necessarily. Not right. that I was watching MTV when I was like ten, but we would. But what we would do is we would sneak in his room, take the tape, and high speed copy it. You know, yeah. <laughs> so we'd all. So I had like two case pullouts of blank Maxell tapes that were nondescript, but I knew what they were. And so I would copy his tape and like, I would have like hand-me-down copies of all these great rap records, um, that I would hide from my mom. I do remember her getting very upset at my Onyx tape because the the tape was called back the fuck up. Um, you don't have that when you're 12. (laughs) Um, yeah, but it was, it's still a a great record, but I, I had love for like this hip hop stuff, um, the Terminator X and these things, but I also liked, the, the rock stuff, I like Nirvana, you know, when, when yeah. Green Day came out, like, Green Day blew the doors off for punk rock, my friend had introduced me, you know, to no effects when I was 14 in, uh, in school, and once I, I discovered no effects, that was it, I got yeah. into punk rock, but I can remember buying Green Day, Dookie, and Notorious B.I.G. Ready to Die on the same day, so I always had my That's, foot in the door of both, because, yeah, as you got older, you realize, like, Public Enemy was just, you know, they were rapping about what was happening to them, same as The Clash was doing.
0: Yeah, right.
1: So, so you know, in KRS-One and, and these these artists, they were just telling you what was going on because the news wasn't. Like, NWA was was giving you a street report, essentially.
0: You know, yeah, same as, right. as
1: The Clash was doing and the Sex Pistols and all those things. Uh, maybe not the Ramones so much, but these bands were, were just telling you what was going on. So there right. was always like an element of punk to it, and especially as you get older, you really look back on that and see it. So I've always had, I've always liked hip hop. It's always kind of, you know, been with me. Um, yeah. but I approach it from like maybe more of a pop sensibility where I'll try to arrange songs a certain way and, and make verses different and do things that would, you know, like a pop band would do to make it stick out a little bit. Yeah. I guess that was a very long winded answer to your question.
0: Yeah. <laughs> when did you start playing guitar? Like what was your, uh, what was the major influence that made you say you know you see somebody uh, playing and you're like that's it that's that's what I want to do
1: I think I went I was a, a very early Warp Tour in the 90s down the Okay <laughs> um I think I went to like it was I don't know if it was the first one or the second one but it was uh like the Boston's Stones played No Effects Fishbone um and on the small stage was Blink-182 the Suicide Machines Dance Hall Crashers Rocket from the Crypt like all these bands I still love to this day but I remember seeing like blink and i'm like these guys are just making dick jokes and they're hilarious and you know <laughs> i'm a te- i'm a teenager so i thought it was funny and i'm like they're kind of like shitty and i'm not you know so i'm like I, I could do that so my mom had to have an acoustic guitar and i'm like well i won't learn how to do it so i went to a, a guitar lesson and i use air quotes for the people listening at home because the guy basically essentially the my first lesson was t- he was teaching me how to read music i already knew mm-hmm. how to read music from my trumpet days okay and so I said, this is a waste of time. I'll figure it out. And then I learned uh, guitar tab, which, you know, yeah. it has the numbers of the frets uh-huh. or whatever. So you figure it out. So I would print out, which would take forever, as you know, when we were younger, I'd print yeah. out guitar tabs of, of songs I had by 311 or Blink-Way 2 mm-hmm. or, or No Effects or whatever. And I would learn the tabs to play along, but I would put two and two together. Like, okay, this chord on numbers is an A, so I know how to read it. And so yeah. that's kind of how I got into guitar. I just learned how kind of to play by ear, honestly. And yeah. it's it's a tired tale. Everyone that plays guitar, like even in like huge bands, say like, I don't know what I'm really playing, but it sounds cool.
0: Yeah. yeah.
1: <laughs> and, and that's kind of how I was. Like, I know what the notes are, but I don't know what these add-ons are that fill it out.
0: Yeah, I was the same way,
1: which I, I'll try to find it. Cause I'm still on the, is that on the wall there? The guitar.
0: I think I see it. That is a guitar my brother got me. It's one of those uh, cigar box guitars, but. um, Oh, cool. I have some of those tab books around (laughs) somewhere around. Oh, nice. This room is such a, uh, it's still a work in progress and it's a big mess right now. (laughs) But yeah, I have the the three eleven tab books for like grassroots and the blue album Mm -hmm. and some other Metallica ones. I think I got from my neighbor. Yeah, but I'm I'm the same way. I took guitar lessons, and stupid me, I thought um, I thought after a while enough was enough because I had just got the gist of it, and then I was in right. music class, so I'm like, oh, I'll just learn, I'll learn the rest. Like it was as if it was like a couple of months away from being. Uh, yeah, you're a virtuoso like, oh,
1: in two months. <laughs>
0: yeah, yeah, why not? I'll just I'm I'll, I'll just learn the last the rest next week.
1: <laughs> you you know. still
0: play. I do. I mean, I, I, I try to. I have, a, I have an acoustic up in the living room hanging on the wall. And My move is usually about five minutes before we leaving the house. I'll pick it up and start playing. And my wife right, will remind yeah. me that we have to leave in five yeah, minutes. Yeah, it's
1: time to go. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, kind of, if I remember know. correctly, wasn't that one of your hobbies you mentioned in one of your shows? Yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I've always played. I've been playing.
0: I think I started uh, when I was like 15.
1: Did you play um, in a band?
0: Not currently. No, I was
1: in a back in the day.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Here and there, nothing of a serious, um, but yeah. Did we ever cross paths playing? Yeah. Uh, not playing. I didn't play out, but I know I, I went to go see damaged goods a few times cause I was, I went to high school with Ted Yeah. and actually I, (laughs) I'll, I'll see if you remember this.
1: Go ahead. I I like a good brain challenge. (laughs) Do you remember going to Canada? Yeah. Well, I mean, I know I went, and I know that um, we took a bus. And I know that, and here's what I remember about that is, for some reason, and I I don't know if this is correct, I recall Buster Rhymes was playing in town. But (laughs) because I was so punk, I knew down the street, the mad caddies and pulley were playing. So I drunkenly went around Canada for no <laughs> reason to go find the mad caddies and pulley show, which I did. And I went on the mad caddies bus and hung out with mad caddies and some of the dudes from pulley and pulley's manager. His name was, I believe his name was Todd Hubert. he was what, almost 20 years ago. Yeah, he, owned yeah. a, he owned a skate park and I, yeah, his name was Todd. Um, because there's a song on the the record they were touring on called Huber Breeze, which is a total um, non sequitur. And I remember we stayed at, I think the hotel was called the Taj Mahal if I'm not mistaken. Okay. Did I I just uh, do more than than that? Yeah. I don't remember the name of the hotel, but I know
0: that we we were on different floors. Me and my friends went, we kind of tagged along with you guys a couple of times. We're like out to eat and whatnot. And, uh, I don't know if, I don't know if you're married or I don't want to th- throw either one of us under the bus, but, um, not that, just that, it out. Uh, yeah, we'll just edit it out. I remember there being a lot of girls in your room and not a lot of girls in ours. <laughs> and I don't know if it was the, the, the lore of damaged goods that attracted all these girls. Oh, uh,
1: uh, well, I, uh, you know what? I remember walking into a lot of girls in the room because I was, um, we were uh, all trying
0: to find shows.
1: Yeah, it's going to rock <laughs> shows. Yeah, I'll, you know, I do remember. I think, uh, I think someone passed out in a bathroom. Um, yeah. Well, yeah. Well, you know.
0: I mean, I was pretty any inebri- uh, ine- inebriated the whole entire time. So.
1: You know what I remember most about that hotel is they wouldn't let you bring glass into it. Yeah, I don't know if you remember that because a bunch of us had smeared off ices, which is totally cool and super punk um, to do <laughs> at the time. So. For some reason, everyone had like sane Ives and uh, those smear off ices, which, for some reason, years later still caught on. Because remember when icing people was a fad, and um, and I remember like they fell out of either mine or Ted's backpack and they went all over the lobby and they were just like, no, 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 no. But there was French, and um, yeah, they said you couldn't have the glass. And I'm like, okay, so we put it back in the bag and just like went upstairs.
0: They were like Suck my blue,
1: <laughs> right? And I remember the guy at the McDonald's was super pissed because we were very drunk and we didn't speak English. But that's all I remember. And I, oh, did you go to the underground like Tunnels Mall or something down there too?
0: I believe we did. Yeah. Uh, I was remember a, just kind of screwing around the whole time and kind of pissing off a lot of French speaking people. That was a weird trip. It was extremely weird. Whole, <laughs> like to say the least. I and, feel, you know.
1: It, it's me, Ted, Alex, and our tour manager. Who lives in Ohio? That's a weird mix of of people. Okay, so I don't know if did was you it go like a, once, and I only went once. Oh, okay. It was, remember, I, apparently, remember I, the,
0: I, I I thought the, uh, you know what? I don't think the whole band went.
1: Your no, band it did, went. no, it wasn't the whole band. It was just the three of us and John. It was his name. Is his name? Um, and we took a bus, if I remember, from like Taunton or something.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah, it was like a bus trip or it was like a caravan of of uh you know Peter Pan buses or whatever they were.
1: And what a, what a weird thing to do looking back it on. It was that. really yeah,
0: it was really weird and I it dawned on me as I was kind of like you know um typing things up and thinking about it I'm like, you know, there's been so many uh different incarnations of damaged goods where I, I like lost track of who was in at what time and whatever and
1: you can always it, count it, on, it on
0: me it on me that I, was there, I think me and my friends were like 20. yeah and at that time we were all working at stop and shop and um oh so you were with as, ted
1: yeah you d- did you work in general merchandise as well
0: i did i was in the the same department as ted i had so so you wipe over the boxes of tampons.
1: You worked with Dave. Dave was the man, Dave from Dairy. He was bald. Yeah. Yeah, yep. Dave Dave was incredible. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> yeah, everybody knew that guy.
1: He was a good guy. Yeah, he um he had a lot of tips on how to um you know, be good to your lady, if you will. And I was like I'm like, you are on some next level things, sir, that I am not even familiar with. <laughs> to, to put it nicely. <laughs> I was like, man, I'm like 20. I don't need to know what you got going on.
0: Yeah, right. It, it's a little, uh, not little, but a lot of uh, information.
1: Yeah, he, he was. He would always tell us about the uh, the video store in Providence that you need to be 21 to go to in the basement, and and he's just like, "Oh, be careful on the floor." I'm like, "Why?" And then I'm like, "Wait a minute." I'm like, "Oh." Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Yeah, Dave was the man. So that seems like yesterday but so long ago it's so weird yeah
0: it's it's weird
1: yeah and that trip to
0: canada was strange
1: and it's weird how like i never even would have given two thoughts about that So he brought up and i was listening to uh this podcast by this dude mike from the band lane Meyer. um and he was talking about how all the conversations he does with people it's all these things that he never thought about until just then they brought up and then it, it it opens up like all this stuff that was you thought was locked away in it and it's you know like again that Canada trip like wouldn't have given two shits about it until just now and I'm like oh yeah I hung out with the Mad Chatty so who's a band I love that's so weird
0: yeah it's insane it's it's the that popped into my head and all you know I just got thinking about that it was just weird that was a very weird time (laughs) yeah it was. everything about it I remember going um me and my friends were kind of just Montreal was strange back then. I've been a couple of times, and that was definitely the weirdest it was.
1: Back well, then. I'm sure, I'm it sure, was, it was I'm so sure leaving at four in the morning and drinking on a bus with a bunch of like same-aged <laughs> individuals, like with with every intention, like everyone on that bus had the intention of like just getting trashed, but doing yep. it somewhere else. That's all yep, it was. Exactly. Yeah, it was. And it, it was, was cheaper somehow to do it because the dollar is worth more. Yeah. Total total insanity. Uh, like I remembered three things about that trip bus rhymes, pulley, tunnels, <laughs> and and maybe in now, glass, and coming home to like ooh, girls in the bathroom. It's like, oh, I'll sleep on this, yeah,
0: yeah. There was, yeah,
1: me and nice. my friends
0: were, uh, I know nice. we tagged along with you guys a couple of times, and
1: yeah, it was fun, <laughs> awesome, man. Well,
0: so, what the, so, speaking of punk bands and everything, um, related to that, what what are the bands that, uh, were you in before you? dived into the beats
1: sure um so damage goods of course and uh, in the subsequent reunion shows that we did um which was cool like on thank crunksgiving now they call it but it was like the night before thanksgiving was fun um mm-hmm. around the mid 2010s if you will so like 2012 um i had i had linked up with these dudes to be in like a a fast like skate punk band kind of like you know the nineties stuff that we all liked, or I still do. Um, and that was cool because I got to be in a band with Alex again, cause I recruited him as the singer. Mm-hmm. And I thought it would be a good idea because that wasn't really his wheelhouse of music. And if he's listening to this, I'm not talking out of class. Um, so I will talk freely about it. And I thought it would be a good fit because <laughs> he wouldn't like get influenced by the same bands that we all would have being, you know, he would have come up with his own melodies and, we had a lot of demos and cool stuff and I can send you them after because it was basically like, it sounded like damaged goods to a point, but with like more technical guitars and like double time drumming and things, but it never really got off the ground, unfortunately, Um, which is too bad because it it was fun. Um, And after that, I was in a band called Tempting Heights, put out two records. One we recorded in New Bedford with with Clinton from um, real trailer park. Uh, was run by Kyle from Another Option. And with the second album recorded with John DeClario, in New York, he did um, records by Brand New, um, Senses Fail. Um, he did the demos for a Midtown record. Great producer, great times. Um, still talked to all those guys. Unfortunately, we lost our drummer um, last year, which is sad. Kevin was a great dude and things happened, which is sad. But, um, you know, I cherish the memories we had making that record and those tunes. And I haven't really touched or played a guitar since then, 2017. I mean, I've you know fiddled here and there, but I've just never had the desire. And especially moving where, you know, it takes 30 minutes to go a mile in the city. Like, I just don't have the the tolerance. Like, I take things too seriously. So if yeah. I was to join a band now, it's just like let's take this to the level, and it's just like not everyone's going to be into that now. You know, a lot of people yeah. at our, our age are like, well, let's jam because it's fun. And I get away from things and yeah. fun, just get out of the house for two hours. And it's like, that's not me. So to do what I'm doing now, where it's on my own terms to a degree or with the artists I'm working with, you know, I make the beats on my own. I mix them on my own. So it's it's a lot more, not to be a control freak, but it's a lot more up to me, which I like. You don't have to yeah. worry about five other people.
0: No, that's <laughs> that's good. That's a good way to do it. Do you Do um, do guys or gal? Uh, does anybody uh, approach you, like after hearing your your stuff? Is that um how that works, or yeah. do you, or do you yeah. seek out people?
1: Both. So um, the people. So with Prime Prolific, um, he was a contact from a mutual producer, friend of mine. Um, he put us in touch. Um, and he kind of put me on, he gave me a chance. He's like, yo, he's like, this, this beats awesome. it's like, I really like to use it. I said, yeah, awesome. Um, so my first song beating heart, I did with him in October of last year, um, through that, um, prime prolific, um, and tones from New York, you know, they all roll in the same circles. It's very much like punk rock. You know, you kind of run into the same people.
0: Yeah. Um, so
1: I had reached out to tones because of the work he's done in the past. He worked with some producers. I really liked and looked up to, um, So I kind of shot a message to him, you know, God bless social media. Now um, I probably wouldn't have the opportunity to do any of this, but I reached out to him. I said, Hey, I like your style. You know, I think it would mesh well together based on the music I make. Um, And so Tone said, yeah, send me a folder and, and let's, you know, see what we got like a folder, like, you know, some, some beat ideas, nothing crazy, but let's see what you got and see if I can write to it. Um, He jumped on like four immediately um so i built a relationship with tones where i was kind of getting you know putting out music and things of that nature and through putting out songs your name gets out there and people can find you know find me on instagram it's easy to do
0: yeah yeah
1: right and then people message me and be like hey i like this one you know how's it work and, and you just get into conversations from there sorry I was stepping on something that was annoying um you just get into <laughs> conversations you kind of work it out and you know it's through, through doing this, I've talked to people and, and musicians I, I'd never thought five years ago I'd even have the, the, the decency to. They wouldn't even have time of day. So to have the people I talk to be able to bounce ideas off of musicians and artists that I respect, that I own their records, that I can yeah. talk to, say like, hey, does this sound good? Like, that's crazy to me. Um, yeah, that must so be kind I mean, of surreal. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. But it's, in a way, it's also kind of, what's the word I'm looking for? Not reaffirming, but it's cool. No, I'm going in the right direction. I guess when someone I look up to says like, Hey, this is good. Yeah, Yeah. that's awesome. And it's just, you know, you kind of build every day. It's, you know, there's a lot of people out there doing a lot of music of all different, you know, styles and things. And try to be consistent, try to put out good things and try to invest in what you're doing. You know, one thing I learned about, you know, my older bands is that you want to put your best foot forward and you know that tape you make in the basement isn't the shit you think it is you know that but that thing yeah. you recorded live on the old tape deck yep no so learning from that years later and say like if i want to put something out like i want it to sound good i want it to get mixed i want it to be like if this is my first thing i want it to be proper so you know you, you gotta that's what i've done uh. yeah yeah
0: no i get that it's uh that was kind of the point I never made it past back in the old, you know, back in the day, you know, 20 years old or whatever it was. You'd have moments of being serious about it. Sure. And, then, you know, you'd have, you know, somebody in the band that's reluctant about playing out or, you know, you listen to your song back on a tape deck and say, ah, that's not right. <laughs> like, nah, we can't, we can't, we can't even attempt this until...
1: Well, at least you yeah. had the wherewithal as a group to listen to it. Some, you know, some, some people can't get that. Like, they'll listen to something be like, this is amazing. And you get a bunch of yes men around you that yeah, don't right. tell you anything. And, you know, a lot, there, there are people that won't be able to take criticism to stuff. I'm the same way. Like, someone says, like, oh, this isn't good, I'm just like, oh, like, I'll curl up. And it's like, no, that's to make you do better. Um, yeah. For they,
0: sure. I was in a band with my wife and my brother and, and his wife uh, a while back we played a couple of shows and we recorded like eight songs as Mm -hmm. like a demo and remember like even looking back on it now and and listening to that now some songs were good and worthy of a demo and some were not right and i always think of like man like you know i feel like if we would have waited longer we would have more material to put on a demo instead of just those are the eight songs we have finished. That's what we're going to record. And, you know, we, we kind of rushed it, and it kind of took the wind out of the sails at that point. Right.
1: You now, know? let me so, ask, was it, was it was like the first eight songs you wrote, or did you have a bunch, and then it's like, let, let's record the best eight?
0: No, that that's what I'm saying. That was like the first eight that we had, right. that we rehearsed, that we played out with. Right. We had a few more by the time we played out, actually, but, you know, if we would have waited another year, and we would have had say sixteen songs, Right, and you pick the best five, and we could have picked the, yeah, we could have picked the best right. five or six or whatever, and we would have made a much better demo. And you know, it's yeah, I just, you, I don't, think you don't of know things like time. that that you just you just don't you don't yeah. know until you do it.
1: Oh, listen, there's there's plenty of music out there. Where I'm just like, man, I wish I had the chance to do that over. And I'm sure every right. person that's ever made any sort of song, drawing, painting that's out yeah I'm sure there's always stuff they want to take back I'm sure you know I'm sure very famous bands that you and I like on a daily you know listen to regular probably say like I don't like that album
0: yeah yeah there's been there's whole albums they don't
1: like <laughs> for sure uh, there's a uh there's a great series um on vice it's called rank your records mm-hmm. and um I don't know if you're familiar with it but it's bands from all over like indie alternative rap punk whatever They'll get a band member and they'll rank their records, you know, back to front, which one they yeah. like best. And it's weird to see some of them because I'm like, man, that album's awesome. But they'll say, like, ah, uh, you know, this one's not for me. And here's why. It's interesting to hear what differences. And there are some people that are just like, I wish this album didn't even exist, but <laughs> that's a snapshot in time of what we were. So they go with it. And it's kind yeah. of true, you know.
0: Yeah, it yeah, is true.
1: I remember in Damaged Goods, to, and we can move on, we put out a CD of. My mom had gone to a show we played at Somerset High School okay. as a three-piece. It was mostly covers because our very first show, we had to write eight songs, I think two days, because I, pro- <laughs> I, told, I told the promoter of the, our very first show that we were a new band, and we sounded like Green Day, and we had a bunch of cool songs because the band that played was one of my favorite bands at the time. They were called Cooter, but they're called All Pilot Off Now, and uh, it was in Reflections in New Bedford. And so the, the, right. promoter, the promoter was like, awesome. Yeah, you guys can open. And I'm like, sick. So I remember going to Ted's and I was like, we need to write, you know, seven songs. <laughs> and it was a train wreck, I'm sure, but we did it. I had blue hair and it was weird. Um, <laughs> but I remember once we played a show at Somerset High School for whatever reason. And my mom had, uh, she was a camcorder to, to tape it. Yeah. And somehow, I don't know if Ted did it or I did it, but he extracted the audio from the VHS and we were able to burn a CD of it and we had the audacity to sell that. (laughs) (laughs) Now, looking back on that, is that something to put out? No, probably not. But at the time, like all you want to do is get your, you just want people to hear your stuff because you're excited about it. So, you know, for that eight demo that you look back on and say like, oh, you know, three of these songs are rad or four and the rest are kind of shit. Like that's who you guys were at the time and be proud of that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, no, that's, that's a good way to look at it too. You can't
1: take it back. It's out.
0: Yeah. The whole, the snapshot in time. And it's, it is what it is at that point. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: So what brought you out to uh, Chicago?
1: I suppose a change of pace. Um, you know, I was living in Boston forever and the job I had, um, before I moved here was based out here. So I was always out here like every four to five months for conferences or things. Um, when we were on tour we played a lot of good shows out here too so there's always that kind of like fondness to it so um when the time came i was kind of looking at jobs out here and and a couple of opportunities presented themselves and i'm like well maybe now's the time so here i am cool that's
0: good it seems to it seems to be a good fit for you
1: you yeah it's not bad
0: is it uh (laughs) are the roads less complicated than boston
1: uh, yeah, but the roads are, are filled with. Yeah, I put this delicately because people from here will probably listen. There's a lot of driving out here that's different than what you and I might be used to. We'll leave it at that. Okay. <laughs> All right. <laughs> um, I, I try not to, to drive if I don't need to. Um, there's a very good train system here and buses, and I can walk to whatever I need to, so that's fine. Um, but no, it's a, great, it's a great city. It's got a lot, of, a lot of history. It's got a lot of, you know, there's a cool, you know, obviously that whole criminal underbelly was, is cool. And, <laughs> yeah. Um, you know, it's got a lot of great spots for music, food, you know, all the things I like that I didn't get to do for a year and a half. So <laughs> we're all, all good. <laughs>
0: yeah, I know, right? How, so I really like the uh, content you put out, especially when it's just a speaker. <laughs> yeah. The ones, I mean, it, the I mean, it. It, I mean. This is a good and in a good way. I like that it's. You're not putting anything too flashy out there visually. It's very minimalist, where you just have the speaker, and you have the music playing. Mm-hmm. I think it's it's it forces me to turn the sound on when I'm flipping through my phone. And I go, oh, Matty posted another, an- another. He's got another post on there, and I, you know, make sure to
1: click the sound on so I can hear it. Thank you. I appreciate that. I suppose that's helpful. <laughs> um, well, here's, here's why. I used to I used to do a lot of, like, going back and forth and, and panning, and, you know, I would do, like, you know, nine million versions of, of the said video. You know? Yeah. But then it's just, like, I got better at mixing, and I got better at, like, you know, figuring out, like, well, if I'm going to tape one speaker, like, let me put all the things that are in the song, like, let me balance it and make it, like, sound cool in one speaker, and, like, someone who's listening that may be into it, get the idea of what it sounds like, um, yeah. you know, whether that is beneficial to me, I don't know. I'm just, I just keep doing it because it works for me. And until something different presents itself, I'm just going to keep doing that because I'm a Capricorn and super stubborn. So <laughs> I'll just keep doing it, you know, but I appreciate that. I, mean, I I used to put like a logo up and things like that, but it was like, I'd have to do like a video thing and like do these layers. I'm like, I'm too lazy to, to do like these simple steps. You know, I figure this, like people are going to my page. They know who did it. I don't need to like put the, the thing up, yeah. I guess. Yeah, right,
0: yeah.
1: But I appreciate your name's that. Up,
0: your name's up in the
1: corner. <laughs> yeah, right, yeah. You're, you, know, you know who put it up. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. I, uh, how do they sound? Do they sound good? Because once I put them up, like I kind of don't listen.
0: Yeah, it sounds good to me. I mean, okay. um, you know, <laughs> it's clear. I'll put it that okay. way. It's not, it's not like it's, uh, it's not hard to uh, make out what's happening. Awesome. Thank <laughs> I know, you. I don't know how to put that. No, no. That's, but, um, that's perfect feedback. And speaking of, and it's so crazy because we're both, we're both at the age where we bought cassette tapes. Still have. And yeah, I still have a few. Um, I have like 700. Still. yeah, that's right. That's crazy. Uh (laughs) So it's, it's, we're both at that age. So it's funny to be talking about things like Instagram and, you know, we, we we both go through, I think the same pain in the ass things like the, like the people that want you to promote it (laughs) and (laughs) all, all that crap. Do you, do you get a lot of like spam, Uh, like the bots and stuff yeah do you get a lot of um i guess i don't know how to put it not so much solicitation in in like a a, just a general way but like you get anybody that's bothering you on social media to like work with them but you know they're just full of shit
1: no i've never gotten that um i can say once a day or twice a day um and me and my boy waxy um he's a composer we'll we'll, we'll send each other messages because I'll wake up once a day and there'll be like the inbox will say like one request. And I'm like, what yeah. spam could this be? And then it's just like a bunch of gibberish, you know, your page is awesome, but you can get 10,000 followers. I'm like, no, I don't really care. Oh, yeah. about that yep. And then I feel like if I make a post, I'll get like 742 comments that are just like, yo, promote it on this one or that one. And I'm like, yeah. Wow, I I just hit, you know, the, the <laughs> upload button. I didn't know I had this many people that liked my stuff and I'm just like, oh, it's you know, get your blue check mark or this and that. So but I feel that happens with everybody. But as far as you know, people that are reaching out, no, not really. Um, I've never really gotten people that are like full of shit. I've got people that have want to hit me up and the timing didn't work or whatever. And I'm yeah. getting, getting better at that for sure. Yeah, I get the same
0: thing. The promote on Empire Records. Well, well, I
1: noticed that you said promote it on your thing, and I'm like, I will on Friday. So, so here we are. Here we are promoting.
0: Yeah, that's why I said that. I, I had to throw that in. Spam bots and things. I had to be a pretend spam bot. Wow, you can't
1: pretend, Maddie. Come on.
0: So, like, the only thing I know about Chicago, uh, basically, comes from John Hughes movies. Okay. And I'm really curious to know if it's anything like that or if the movie just uh, you know anything that he made you know Home Alone or uh, anything with John Candy in it basically or it was kind
1: of based out of Chicago well there's definitely one scene in Home Alone where if you remember correctly they oversleep because the power goes out uh-huh. and they have a very fine finite amount of minutes to get from where they live to O'Hare Airport now Based on geography and knowing where the Home Alone house is, because I visited it, because why yeah. not be a tourist? There is absolutely no way in hell that they made it <laughs> from Wilmette, <laughs> Illinois to O'Hare and the amount of time it took them to come out and do the things. I know this for a fact. It took me an hour to get home from O'Hare when I picked my mom up once, and that was in the middle of the day on a Wednesday. And it's 12 miles away.
0: Jesus Christ.
1: Yeah. But as far as, you know, as final, as as far as that, you know, those movies like High Fidelity like is mm. is, is is championship vinyl kind of like a record store out here. Yeah, there's a chain of stores called Reckless that that they may or may not have been based on. We'll never know, but I will say every time I go there they play music that is just very undesirable and it's uncomfortable <laughs> and it makes browsing very difficult. Um great store. A lot of there's three of them. They all have cool stuff, but every time i go in there it's like my ears hurt and it's <laughs> fun. um but as far I'd, I'd never seen a lot of like chicago-based movies to be honest um except like high fidelity and Home Alone.
0: <laughs> yeah uh, i can't i'm trying to think of there's, there's some with like john candy in it
1: you so know it like little planes trains and automobiles
0: I think so. I think that's where uh Steve Martin's character characters from the Chicago yeah. and, uh, you're going the so wrong
1: way. Not, <laughs> yeah, I,
0: it's funny, I was uh like I had told you earlier, I'd gone to a funeral earlier today and I was driving with uh my friend Tim.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And I don't know if you're familiar with Fall River at all, but we were going from well quite. So like from Fall River onto where it's like where Twenty Four Highland Avenue meet meet. There's a big sign that says "Wrong Way." Yeah, yeah. for the people on, you know, if, as if you were on the other side of the road, you'd be going the wrong way. Sure, sure. right kind of just in the middle and <laughs> the median, so we we busted that out, of course. Are you going
1: the wrong way? You have to. It's a classic line. Yeah, you kind of
0: have to every time you see a sign. It's
1: classic. It's classic. <laughs> um, no, I mean is it like in the movies again i i couldn't tell you um you know i will say about i don't know if you've seen the fugitive but there's a scene where they talk about the chicago river where they die at green and they say like you know they can't die at blue 364 days of the year it's true it's yeah. kind of it's kind of gnarly um <laughs> okay. sorry, i saw a dead bird in the river once so i was doing the river walk. Like, oh look at that well, um, so you're
0: not fishing in in that river
1: no but i did go on a a charter boat um Last summer, go fishing out in the lake um, at like four in the morning, and I was waiting for the boat because I was super early. And uh, I think I heard like coyotes. Like, I'm just like, oh, <laughs> is this gate open? Can I go on this boat? And uh, I got seasick because the boat was facing, like, it wasn't facing the waves head on, it was sideways, so it was rolling. And I just was, I had enough had and threw up. Uh, yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah. I'm okay on boats. Uh, I've had a couple of bad experiences, but. Yeah.
1: Um, so that was that was a good time for sure. Yeah, sounds great. <laughs> um, so I have a question for you. Fire away.
0: So if you could collaborate um, with anybody, anybody at all, past, present, uh, present, alive, dead, you know, if, if you could reach out to anybody
1: to work with, who would it be? From a production standpoint or like playing in the uh, band?
0: Um, both how about both i was I was kind of gearing more towards production because that's what you talk to now, but yeah, um
1: yeah, either one god there's there's so many people I'd love to work with, and you know to name drop would 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 be left out, you know what I mean yeah um because there's just so many great people it's like man I would love to work with him hammer or, or 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 them or or whatever um you know there's a lot of a lot of good folks back in New England um you know, like Apathy, who's from Connecticut, he's, he's legendary. Um, there's a, a great group of guys um, in Massachusetts, they run Genosha Records, it's a, it's a label they make. Um, but the guy's name is uh, Weapon ESP. Just put out an album, it's incredible, phenomenal. Um, you know, I would I would love to work with like KRS-One but these are all people yeah. that have been doing it, doing it for so long. Like, you know, all I can do is grind and, and hopefully get the time of day. Um, yeah. Right. But I always had this recurring dream. Well, not, not recurring, but I always felt like I could be the another guitar player, like no effects. I thought it'd be cool, <laughs> but like they've <laughs> yeah. been the same, they've been the same band for like 35 years and I would not fit in, but like that would be a great band to be in because they've always been one of my favorites. And, the things they do and the stories they have and just the history they have I'm like, Oh, that'd be a, a sick band to, to, to be in for sure. Nice. But yeah, I mean, and that question could change tomorrow. So, you know, for, <laughs> yeah. for you ask me tomorrow, I'd be like, who'd I say? No effects. Oh no. Rancid. Obviously. <laughs> oh,
0: yeah, obviously.
1: Rancid's great.
0: Maybe, you know, you want to go into uh play with minor threat. Maybe.
1: I wish. Um, yeah. they, I don't think they do that stuff anymore. So, um, I used to always want to be the second guitarist of like MXPX as well. But then they got a second guitarist. And I was just like, ah, the dream is dead.
0: <laughs> yeah, right. That uh, you could have tried for that one, I guess. <laughs> no, no.
1: they're all in Washington. What?
0: <laughs> what am I gonna do? <laughs> I'm kind of diving into my my questions. Of course. So I, I can I can see you in the corner, but I'm looking. I'm reading.
1: Oh no no! I don't want you to think that I'm like having a stroke. <laughs> um, <laughs> Happy weird. So this is a, this Cause, is because who weird. would edit this? They would just record forever at that point, right? <laughs> <laughs> you'd, just, you'd just be on here forever with me. Just this it's podcast cool. is seven hours long. I wonder what they <laughs> talk. About.
0: It did silence for about four hours. Um, right. So this one's really open-ended because it, you, can, you can take it either way. You can take it kind of <clears throat> just in a, uh, in a general way, or you can equate it to what you do with music and everything. But uh, so if you could visit any time in history, only to be like a fly on the wall, not to affect anything, mm-hmm. uh, where and when would you go? Oh,
1: that would probably be probably 80s cbgbs new york absolutely without a doubt nice i mean i've watched billions of documentaries uh, about that entire scene i've i've been to cbgbs uh i can survive the bathroom um <laughs> it's notoriously it's just awful yeah i feel for like the amount of history and the impact like that new york scene had on kind of like the punk and hardcore thing i feel that that would be it but also intertwined with that also was going on in new york at the time was the MC in that kind of 80s hip-hop stuff yeah, so right, if i had right. if i had the wherewithal to know both at the time you know that's probably where for sure because yeah that's awesome that's yeah yeah new york for sure and if not that you know second answer probably would have been like San Francisco in the '90s on the on the kind of upbringing of like the skate punk era, because that's where all that happens. But probably again, number one would be New York hardcore mixed with like the early hip hop scene. Nice, as long as I was a fly on the wall, and not actually like getting my ass kicked.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's yeah, that's where I have uh, I have to throw that into the thing. Right, you know how people um, people have that thing where oh, if I could go back in time, I'll. That kill Hitler, or you know, they, they come up with some kind of crazy action thing right. that they would do. Is like, no, just to, just to be a fly in the wall, let's not affect history, let's not go crazy.
1: Are you familiar with Anthony Jeselnik, the comedian? Yeah, yeah. Do you ever hear I that No, he, I know who
0: he is, but do
1: you ever hear that bit he did about like the the question his girlfriend asked him, like if you could have lunch with someone alive or dead, who'd it be? Do you ever hear this one? <laughs> no, what does he say? So he, he does it, and so I'm gonna totally butcher it, but um he's like so my girlfriend does all these questionnaires and magazines and uh it's like so she asked me the other day like anthony if you could have lunch with anyone alive or dead who would it be he's like oh obviously shakespeare she goes no anthony the answer is supposed to be me he goes okay let me change it he goes i'll have lunch with you but you'd have to be dead <laughs> <laughs> yeah and i was like i was just like oh my goodness but like yeah that's so that kind of thing like you gotta, you gotta phrase it properly
0: right And it's funny you say CBGBs because the last person I interviewed and talked to on the show, um, Lauren Kalita, Mm -hmm. she's a very talented um, photographer and artist and everything. Her partner, Nate, played at CBGBs. Oh, no kidding. Back in the 80s. Oh, wow. And she, I can't find it now. I want to find it so bad. She sent me a message and she told me, you know, about, um, the name of the band. And I really want to say it because there's like a YouTube video of like an old recording of them or whatever. And it was pretty good. And, um, yeah, it's crazy that I can't find it. I thought she had just sent it to me not that long ago, but yeah, interesting enough. I I, I was just like, kind of blown away because I had met him and he's just one of those guys that are like super quiet and just, Kind of chilled, laid back, and said a few things, and I'm like, "This this guy
1: doesn't seem like." Right. That's usually how it goes. Those silent killer sides. Yeah. His name's Nate.
0: Okay. Um, but I he went by a different name. He had like a stage name. It was like Micah Marker or, or something like that. Ooh, the stage. Uh, yeah, I'll have to I'll have to really search and find it. So I don't want to take up all my time staring at my phone. Oh, no, that's okay. Not what I want to do right now. <laughs> like living in the present you have somebody from Chicago and you're staring at your phone.
1: It's okay. (laughs) uh, You're an hour in the future, so it's fine. I know, right? This is like time travel. (laughs) Yeah, totally. (laughs) Pretty cool. So as far as the beats go, do you sample it all? Yeah, for sure. But there's also a lot of, like, um, there's a lot of people that do, like, compositions and things. So how that works is basically... They'll compose on, on multiple instruments and things, and, and they'll have their certain, their certain sounds and styles, and, and they'll upload, upload those, like, sample packs. And what the sample pack will have is, you know, maybe 10 or so compositions. Um, yep. So there'll be, like, songs that are, like, fully made, and you can take those and, and chop them up and add your drums and do whatever. Um, so you can do that. And there's also, like, the record routes route, too, which I also do. So there's both um there's a lot of good you know composers out there like my guy fumes out in colorado is good um my boy Waxio, i mentioned before he's out in arizona um there's just a ton of um of people that do that they make unique stuff and there's a lot of people too that will also do like custom compositions yeah. um there's a there's a dude in england his name is like Killum defoe which is a cool name <laughs> um, but he'll he'll you know he'll do custom custom compositions for people. So it's kind of if you're at a level where you know you can get like a lot of money for a beat, and you're working with people that have a certain style and sound, you could hit up these guys and say like, "I need five or so songs that are reminiscent of you know these four that are unique to me." And then you own you know that sample is yours and yours only. Whereas with the packs, like if people buy them or, or a lot of different people have them you can kind of cross-pollinate. It doesn't really happen right. because everyone yeah. hears things differently, but it can. So it's a healthy mix of both, the compositions and the samples as well. I have a ton of, of sample records that are like not in the collection. They're in their own little thing. And I have them all color-coded by like drums or melodies or what kind of instruments. And I have these little like, uh, dot stickers on the song so I know what, what is on it that I want kind of thing.
0: Yeah. So that kind of leads me to the next question Do you. It seems like you're more like formal in the way where you you're really planned out. And I was going to ask, are you more like intuitive where you're just in music mode when you're writing and you're just like, you know what, this will go good with this and you're just kind of like in the zone or are you writing things down and you're really formal about it right from the get go?
1: So when it comes to kind of like the the compositions of the samples, I kind of work oddly backwards. So some people will take will start with drums. They get a good drum sound and they'll kind of take different snippets or things and work around the drums. I don't. I go backwards. If I hear a cool melody or something, I'll work with that and kind of build towards that. Like what drums will fit this particular thing? I see. Yeah. Um, because that's so what's going to catch my ear first. Like if I could just hear a drum pattern, like. I'm, if it's the best drum pattern in the world, I don't know what'll fit with it. But if I hear a cool melody or a cool, you know, a cool composition or whatever, I can hear some of that and find the drums that'll fit it to me, to my ear. It may not fit everybody's, but that's kind of how right. I work. And I kind of work backwards in a sense of like, if there's a song that I want to sample that has all these cool different parts, like, is there anything in the song where it's like that one cool part by itself isolated? Because that would make a cool verse part. Because the busy part will be the chorus because the chorus is gonna be better. But is there yeah. this this kind of laid back part that could be the verse? And can I take a little bit of this and maybe layer it over it here and there to stand the verse out? So that's kind of how I work where I work a little backwards. Some people don't. They'll just, you know, again pick the drums and fit the drums. That's I don't, but a lot of people do. And it's never really planned out to be honest. It's yeah. You kind of, you know, you hear something and you try like, Oh, maybe this will fit and this will fit. A lot of trial and error, of course, yeah. Oh, yeah. because, right. because if you're working with pre-recorded music, it's, it's already recorded. It's already mixed. It's already in the key. It's going to be like, there's not, you can pitch it and change the tone and you can do these things to make it fit. But if it doesn't blend well, it's, it's going to sound bad for sure. Yeah. Um, I'm a lot more prepared when it comes to like a finished song. If someone sends me a song, that they've done i can listen to it write down like the things in logic i want to maybe mute or pan or or add effects to so i'll do that like if you've gone through my instagram you've seen like my production notes just yeah i've seen it yeah yeah so that's kind of that's a lot more pre-planned than when i'm like oh i'm gonna make a beat see what happens because some nights i just don't because it's it doesn't feel right it's not hitting well and you can't force that kind of stuff
0: yeah so you're a little of both yeah when it calls for you to be more formal and Having everything written down, you go for it that way. Yeah,
1: it's certainly a lowercase P of planning. Absolutely.
0: (laughs) Right. So if you could give advice to anybody, someone that wants to either be a musician or someone who wants to do more of the production side of it, like what advice could you give someone, a young person, for instance, uh, starting off?
1: Uh, Study people you like, first and foremost because if you like a certain, if you like a producer, a certain drum sound, or you like, in the early 2000s, this producer, Mark Turbino made a ton of great records. He made Jimmy World Records and Finch Records and Midtown, and think many too, but like you could tell his production style a mile away because it had that sound. So mm-hmm. if there's a sound you like, figure out how they did it and do your best to try to learn how. Um, that's one thing I would do. Um, practice, of course. Um, right you know right. the only the only way to do it is certainly to, to keep getting better at it be confident don't be afraid you know like you had that episode about like comfort zones and stuff like it took a lot for me to like make a page and put my music out because that's you know that's your your thing yeah but but if you know and you don't have no one has to like it if you like it then who cares but it certainly helps right. people dig it too um <laughs> yeah, but don't helps. but don't but don't be afraid like i said before like you know that tape you made in the basement like Maybe it's not the shit now, but at the time it was and put it out. It's okay. Um, And also honestly, definitely like kind of like not to uh, allude to other things, but like find someone you look up to and see if you can pick their brain about anything. You know, they've been doing it a long time. They have the expertise and you know, if you look up to somebody who's been doing this for 20 years and they want to talk back and you can, they can give you advice, listen to what they have to say because it's going to be invaluable that you're not going to learn that in a book. You're not going to learn it on YouTube. You know, it's coming straight from the source. And I think that's super helpful to, to, to you know, reach out to people you look up to and see if you can bend their ear for a minute. Right. Nice. I've done it. And that's why I yeah. you know, like that conversation before about people I never thought would give me the time of day. Like, these are artists and, and, and musicians I respect and own their records. The fact that they're giving me advice, it's like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah. It's only going to make me better. Even, and if one of my favorite producers or told me, like, this song sucks, I'd be like, how can I make it better? Not, like, quit, but, like, they're telling you that for a reason. It's nothing personal. Yeah.
0: Yeah, you have to be able to take criticism in stride.
1: That's another good piece
0: of Yeah, whether, whether, whether you, uh, you know, whether you, no matter what way you feel, or what makes you feel, you know, uh, I made a few episodes of the podcast and just put it out. And didn't, it was, I don't know how many episodes I was in before I changed over the Instagram account over from, like, I was like drawing pictures and stuff and just, it was like an extra account, just mm-hmm. bullshit. And um I was a few episodes in before I put any kind of episodes out, right just because I was afraid, for lack of a better term, and just being like, well, I feel like, like it kind of sucks. <laughs> but I need somebody else to tell me that it's I needed somebody else to tell me it needed improvement sure so I could ask where right you know, exactly you know it needs improve, improvement you know if, if if you're honest with yourself anyway you know right. that you, you know most some people aren't like we said before some people listen to the tape they made in the basement and say this is the shit everybody else is crazy for not seeing it right well, well maybe it's not
1: <laughs> maybe it's not the shit Right. Of course. And, and, but there's also that part of that too, is like if someone wants to fart in a microphone for three minutes and they believe in it, I'm never going to question someone's passion. (laughs) Right. Right. Yeah. Like if you, if you believe, if you believe in what you're doing, then believe in it. Like don't, don't, you know, don't seek validation for people. Like some people need that kind of thing. Where it's just like, Hey, does, does you like this? Do you like this? Like I'm never going to, I'm never going to like jam my music down people's throats it's out right. there you either like yeah. it or you don't I really don't care because I'm gonna do something else the next month and that's it right you know um you know if, if someone tells me my stuff sucks like okay well maybe you don't like that one but that's fine I'm just gonna keep doing this stuff but it's the same thing like you know if you like that basement tape or you like that like you put your podcast out because you believed in it yeah you know and 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 that's fine and if no one liked it like you believe in it and kind of who cares and that's you know that's been my mentality with anything like I have a lot of people I'll you know reach out to me and say like hey is this good do you like this or like that it's like do you like it then that's all that yeah. matters if you like it that's all that matters yeah exactly it shouldn't really matter that anybody else does like it no. we're not I'm not in this for money if I was I'd be so broke um, oh yeah me too <laughs> right exactly but you do it because it's fun and if it turns into something awesome but you do it for the love of whatever it is whether it's you discovering you know cool people throughout new england and and talking to them about what they do or you know me making music and like day by day like more people like it or whatever else even if no one liked it i would still do it because it's it's cool it it keeps me busy it keeps me focused and i like to be creative and like i said before like i can do it myself on my own terms my own time and that's what's important same with what you're doing you're doing it on your own time your own terms you you run the show and that's your art that's your creativity and no one can take that away from me. That's my two cents. Nice. A long that rant.
0: Really nice. No, it was good. <laughs> so where can, um, where can people hear your work? Um, do you have, I mean, other than the you know, Instagram posts and stuff.
1: Oh, yeah, good question. There like
0: Bandcamp or yeah, anything there's a, that people have that people yeah, can book
1: you, you up? If you go on DJ Maddie Light on Bandcamp is there. Um, DJ Maddie Light is on Spotify. Um, there's actually a playlist on Spotify called like produced by DJ Manny light. It's just all my stuff at once. Um, it's got two likes, so getting there and, um, you know, it's everything I have is is everywhere. It's digital. It's whatever. Um, looking to get into doing physicals with the albums we have coming out. It's a little bit behind the scenes, but that'll certainly be out there, but yeah, you know, Spotify, Amazon, YouTube, iTunes, spend that money, cough, cough. Um uh bandcamp as well, you get more percentages, but um yeah, all my stuff's certainly out there for anyone to find.
0: And they can just look up DJ Maddie Light.
1: Yeah, um DJ Maddie Light and on Instagram is DJ underscore Maddie Light. That's with the app sign, I guess. However, Instagram works. Yeah.
0: <laughs> if someone wants to contact you, what's what's the best way? Through uh, Instagram, email? Yeah.
1: Yeah, through Instagram is fine. DJ Matty Light at Gmail. You know, company, you know industry standard. Um, those are the best two ways. I'm always, you know, always there. Hanging nice. out. <laughs> Hanging out on the internet. Hanging out on the internet. Existing virtually. <laughs> yeah, existing virtually. Scrolling, seeing what's going on in other parts of the world.
0: Yeah. Yeah, it's crazy because, you know, we're, I'll just say it. We're old.
1: And we're as yeah, old as
0: you feel. <laughs> well know, uh, some days so i i think it's cool that we we are the generation that not only bought cassette tapes but we're also just went right into the digital age we're like that very interesting age group that's kind of like right in the middle of everything yeah i agree you no know, like this this kids that are half our age i'll just put it that way and um they don't they don't they know nothing about analog physical media they know right. nothing about it you know they never went and bought a cd they never bought a tape right you know they've streamed every movie they've ever watched at home they never went to blockbuster Whew.
1: it's you Dude. know Did you see that blockbuster documentary on amazon it's pretty sick. i haven't seen it yet it's i got Very I watch good cool. Is that the store still around yeah it's in like idaho i think or oh, i'll
0: that the last one or
1: the, yeah the yeah last that's a cool movie <laughs> That's a cool check. I guess
0: what I'm getting at is, uh, you know, I just want to say kudos to you for, you know, going full on into the digital age going, you've gone through the whole from cassette tape to digital. You're, 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 you're still a musician. You're still producing. Yeah. You've done done a great job. I think uh, throughout your musical career.
1: Thank you. I got to, you know, record an album on, two-inch tape when i was 20 and you know now people can make full songs on an iphone so (laughs) yeah yeah. it's a great place to be yeah for sure
0: you've you've taken it all in stride and you haven't (laughs) you haven't let anything hold you
1: back not not yet we'll see ah dear so thanks for doing this all right well thank you man that was fun good talk Well,
0: that was fun. Uh Matt is a great guy. The interview went well. Uh we got along pretty good. We actually talked a little after the fact. Uh the audio isn't 100%, and I apologize for that. I couldn't get my microphone to work simultaneously with some sort of headphones <laughs> during the Zoom meeting, and I just you know, I just used the computer setup. So hopefully next Zoom interview will be a little better sounding. So like I said, I'll apologize for that. But uh, I think it went great. Other than that, um, go check out his Instagram and Bandcamp and all the other virtual places that he mentioned. Keep an eye out for him. He's doing uh, a lot of great things, and he's making a lot of really good music. Thank you for listening today. Make sure to check out the Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook accounts. Join the Facebook group if you're a Facebooker. Go to oddpeoplepodcast.com for info about the show and to purchase merch. It is the month of June. There is free shipping in June. All you gotta do is type in June at checkout and you can get free shipping. I hope you tune in next time. Stay creative. Stay inspired. And as always... Stay odd.